0: Welcome to Wisco Dice! Ah. Welcome to Wisco
1: Dice.
2: And you might also say, welcome to Wisco Dice.
1: One might say that. But I still do it better than everybody else, so hey,
2: <laughs> what do you know? It'd be rude to show you up, that's uh, that's my excuse. <laughs> bah!
1: Bah! Feed my ego, come on. The Kunze were the most, so yeah, I have my... I'm your host, The Cozy with the Most. And we're joined in the studio by our our other host, Brian. And also, <laughs> as you can tell, we are again joined by our good friend and and fan of the show, Davey.
2: Yeah, Davey, Red Zeke on the forums usually.
1: All right. So, this is thanks for joining us. This is episode 46. Believe it or not, we are so close to the big five zero! Holy cow! It's going to be like mean? a party, and I think we're going to get like an ice cream cake or something. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think we'll have an ice cream cake, and we'll try to see if we can pack the studio for that one. It'll be awesome. Nice. <laughs> so look forward to that one. We'll do something special for everybody that's that can make it. Maybe maybe we'll see if we can wrangle up a some venue space at a game store or something or do a, uh, another show at, cool. a, at a store instead of in studio.
0: It'll be nice and like summer like by then. Yeah, yeah. Spring like it's Oof. it's right at freezing today. It feels amazingly good. Oh
1: man, yeah. What is that? <laughs> it's crazy out. There's
0: water and stuff like not frozen.
1: <laughs> I'm 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 pretty sure I want to go find a lake out there somewhere and just <laughs> jump in. You missed the, the polar out. plunge. That you're you're mad, and
2: I think you'd be able to find a lake. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. So it's just balmy, warm out. I mean, I'm I'm gotten used to that, like negative fifteen, negative twenty, with the with a. You know, negative thirty or negative forty <laughs> wind chill. You know, that's that's this. That's what this winter's been about. And when
2: it wasn't doing that, it was snowing. Yeah, it's been snowing a lot. Yeah, I moved my family up from Texas. This is our <laughs> first winter up here. My my wife was not. What'd abused. you do that <laughs> for?
1: <laughs> you she packing the boxes uh, the first time through the negative fifteen weather, uh, honey. We're heading back. <laughs> yeah. It's about. Uh, yeah. I wasn't, what were you thinking, making me come here? <laughs>
2: yeah, we uh, we didn't own a snow shovel, and I was didn't want to get uh, didn't want to get embarrassed and buy one after the snow was already falling. And uh, she ended up going to pick one up. She went goes to the hardware store and says, "Hey, you know, you got all these shovels here. I don't know, I don't know what uh, kind I'm supposed to get. Do you have any? Do you have any recommendations?" And he said, "Yeah, we recommend you move back to Texas." So <laughs> she was like, oh, "All right, cool." <laughs> so this one. Yeah that that doesn't sound
1: like that definitely doesn't sound like me normal typical uh Wisconsin
2: no, they were friendly, they were joking, yeah it was <laughs> that. and she bought a snow shovel that day, and I've used it way, way way too much, so. <laughs> I know we've
0: had so much snow, just keep well, I mean not like huge amounts, but just over and over, yeah, it's been weird.
1: Okay, so today, moving on from this... In uh, case you didn't want to know
0: about Wisconsin weather. (laughs)
1: Yeah, in case you weren't interested in what Wisconsin weather has been like this winter, uh, today we're going to go ahead and talk to you a little bit about one of our favorite topics and one of the things that definitely is kind of hotter on on everybody's plates as far as... and, and seems to be more and more common and popular these days is using alternate models both uh as stand-ins for you know substitute as or count as models but also just using alternate models from other games as well and how that kind of impacts gameplay and what our total thoughts on that is So that's going to be uh, our main topic. Um, We've got a, a gaming spotlight for today's show. And then, of course, we're going to go ahead and just have a good old time, just like always, sit here for the next hour or so and chat about Warhammer.
0: I think there's some cheese curd in there, too.
1: Yes, we do have a cheese curd, that's right, I forgot all about
0: that. So Battered and deep fried. Uh,
1: yes, battered and deep fried, or fresh fresh and squeaky. Either way, cheese curds are always excellent and great, and we can't appreciate getting them, yes, can't go wrong. We don't
0: have any here in the studio.
1: We don't, we don't have any. That's, how can feel we do like a proper cheese curd segment? feel like that's an oversight. So. Yeah, well, we'll have to get on the, the cheese curd committee and, and, <laughs> and see who, who needs to be sacked for failing in that regard.
0: Would be pretty funny to like mail people cheese curds if they <laughs> send Groats. us a cheese curd question. <laughs> <So> <laughs> just like Let's put an ice pack in there.
2: First. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to just put an envelope. They get a huge grease moldy cheese. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, there's a lot
1: of the cheese companies and whatever. Though that they, you can just something. yeah, you just yeah. they'll just ship it. And, you know, they take like care of it for you.
0: Fruit bouquets, you can have. Yeah, cheese. You can it's ship like them. A, cheese. Yeah, Wisconsin I think we should Valentine's start doing that. We should see how the costs work out. Yeah, give us cheese curd question No,
1: we. Best Valentine <laughs> ever though is the time I sent my wife two hundred roses to her work. Huh. That was great. And you get a wholesale. <laughs> you can buy them. It was like a, about one hundred and eighty bucks. You buy them like wholesale they just come in giant boxes and the person there was you know she was working in an office building where there's like a up receptionist up a pallet and the receptionist she's <laughs> like holy cow and then she got opened up the boxes when was, she was at her at her cube and <laughs> it's just too many roses it was great
2: i think my wife would prefer 200 cheese curds <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's why you came to wisconsin yeah <laughs> it's for the cheese yeah we can get cheese curds all the time 200 roses don't
1: come very often there you go all right, so let's go ahead and get into our cheese curd. So our cheese curd was sent in to, uh, to us from uh, Jonathan Bronk. Uh, thank you for your submission. We appreciate that. It's awesome to be able to receive this. Um, he's he's provided some feedback. Asked us to talk about lizardmen before and saw it. Yeah. So he's it's given great. Us quite to, a
0: lot. You know, great to get that feedback. Thank him very much, and don't hesitate to send it in yourself. Yeah. Please send in your. The more, the merrier. Tell us we suck. Yeah. Tell us what you want us to do. Tell us what we're doing good.
1: And, yep, and and definitely, you know, if you submit your, you know, these are questions that you have uh, about the game, about the hobby, about modeling, whatever it might be, you know, why is the sky blue, we don't really care, we'll try to answer <laughs> it. So, Jonathan asks, uh, hello, I'd, I'd like to do a cool conversion of a Skink Priest that would add a little extra scenery and bits to the model, but would require a base larger than its standard 20mm base, maybe bumping it up to a 25 or 50mm base. My question is, how would having the Skink Priest on a larger-than-standard base affect gameplay, if at all? Is this something that seems to be okay for the hobby gaming, for tournament gaming? Does this make my priest more susceptible to attacks because it has a larger base for enemy units to come into base contact with? He says, And then he says, enjoy the show, keep up the good work, Lizardman 12. So... Uh, i think there's there's definitely a lot of, of questions a yeah, lot of yeah. questions <laughs> here but i think that the crux of it is is i think he's concerned about what people are going to think about the model that he's mm-hmm. that he wants to work on uh, but you know and that people aren't going to be upset because he's got a larger than standard model on the table for gameplay i personally don't have a problem with this it's a little bit odd and i do try to as my rule of thumb i try to maintain whatever it is
0: i want to do i want to keep it on the original base that was my feeling too that was one of the first things i thought of is like i would never do that it's like i don't know this dude's supposed to be on this base that's what's going to happen kind of thing and that would constrain my mind for as far as any kind of conversion i'd want to do
1: yeah it's part of the challenge i think is is trying to work within the you know canvas that you're yeah. given or that you're supposed to use now there's nothing wrong if you need to bump it up to a 25 millimeter i don't
0: see that as a problem especially with lizard men already have mixed but it, i can see skim, where that can but... be
1: confused you cause confusion yeah. in your opponents especially with as much count as as we're seeing people put on the table now people would be like well that guy's on a asaurus base so he must be uh asaurus oh no 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 that's a skin <laughs> priest okay well that's that can add some confusion there so if you do this, you, the one thing you do have to remember is you have to keep things clear to your opponents as to this is how this actually works. Mm-hmm. This is what my intention here is with this figure.
2: Yeah, I think he's got a couple options there. If if he really has a conversion that he's excited about and it's definitely going to need a bigger base, maybe he can look. And I haven't seen the new Lizardman book yet, so I'm not I'm not 100% sure. But I know there was that one character who was on like a 40 mil base because he had a swarm of snakes around him like the prophet of Sotek. I don't remember what crazy name they gave him. Uh, So you may take a look if there's a mount option or if there's something that he could count as you already mentioned count as What's the, there's also the uh, herald of the heavens, the guy that's floating around on the palanquin. So you, you could say, you know, here's my skink priest. He counts as this special character here and that's why he's on this bigger base. So that that's a way you may be able to make your conversion, but still, still use that bigger base and still have it be in line with the rules because if if something is not on the base it's meant to be it does have cascading rules effects and yeah for sure yeah they're a bigger deal in tournaments uh and if you don't go to tournaments then it's really a question for your your local group and what they're they're gonna think
0: yeah that was gonna be my main point too it's like in a hobby game it's like i probably wouldn't care and it just depends on your opponent in that case but i think tournament unless you have it as some sort of counts as thing or for some reason for it to match that size base i think it's really going to kind of be a no-no in that case unless it's something your tournament yeah. organizer okays or something like that
2: you could also bring just a, a skink priest on a traditional 20 mil <laughs> base and if you if you you can say to your opponent before hey i've got this conversion i'm really you know happy about it but uh i know it causes problems if you'd rather i just use this 20 mil i'd be happy to use that too that'd
0: be interesting too for only when it counts into like the game, I guess. Like if you end up in combat or something, maybe yeah, you swap you it out. And I
1: had this problem. I don't mean to cut you off there, no. like I usually do, but <laughs> but, but I, I had this problem not with Warhammer, but with uh, uh, Hordes back in the day. They, the War Machine, Warma Hordes, and I was playing my circle, and I was running uh, World Warden's and these you know giant stone animated golem thing constructs, and. So one of the things in back then that was really big in the scene, and I know they've they've gotten away from it now, so that you can like do weapon swaps and stuff. There's a little more room for conversions, but I had modeled my one of my world wardens i'd repose the arms a little bit and he was crashing through a forest. i mean this guy's huge i mean he's crashing through trees and they, the idea was he was crashing through and ripping a tree out of the way and i had a tree modeled in his hand <laughs> and people i would go to tournaments and occasionally you'd get the to or or one of the players make a stink about it because oh he's armed with a weapon so i don't know what that model is <laughs> and really, they yeah. would make me take it off the table and i couldn't play with it, so i always had to take a th- another world Warden model just to make sure yes. that I could do it. And I don't know anybody in the Warhammer scene that's going to really uh-huh. be that hung up about it. That's pretty cheesy. But it, you know, if your model looks real... The one thing, if you're going to do something that's completely off-the-wall, non-standard, don't just do it and leave it kind of okay. You need to take it to like that next extreme level. If you're just doing it to... Um, because you know, you know, and you definitely do, the, do do the hobby thing, but don't just do it to an okay level. Push push yourself to do it as best as you can possibly do it, so it really showcases that figure and makes it, and people can go, oh, I can really tell you did this, as you were really passionate about this. Don't go, okay, well, in World of Warcraft, they're blood orcs, and so I'm gonna, but I don't like the orcs and goblins rule, so I'm gonna take use orcs and goblin models and count them as chaos warriors and. <laughs> that's that's my army. No, that's that's not anything. you did nothing with the modeling. You you know, you've done no modeling. You're just taking essentially what cost you do, you know, less money to buy models for. Yeah, that's pretty cheesy. You know, that's that's not that's not cool. But I think in this particular case, you got a great idea. You got a great concept thing worked out. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would add is something that if you don't have enough room to work for it with on your canvas for the normal 20 millimeter base, think about maybe doing if this is going to be a showcase model, think about maybe doing a display stand just for this model, especially if you're going to consider taking him to, uh, like, painting competition. That was totally my other idea, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for you to finish <laughs> up. You came
0: up with the same thing to say. But, yeah, if it was at that level where it was going to be, like, a, and you still really want to do it, and it's it can be your painting competition entry kind of thing. Well, yeah. and
2: then there's tournaments like Wapaca where you got the man of entry. You know, he will yeah. be able to or be your man of entry. Just, like, yeah, different like objective kind of markers and sure, everything like absolutely. that. It gives you yeah. a lot
0: more free reign to make any kind of cool things or... Maybe that base doesn't necessarily have to be your skink priest or whatever. There's plenty of other big base options in the lizardman army, that's yeah. for sure. So if there's some cool idea maybe you want to do, you can transpose it to a lot of your other guys in the army too.
1: Yeah. yeah so I think the, the moral of the story is you have a lot of options. I mean, there's no right answer or wrong answer for this. As far as how it's going to impact gameplay, definitely there is a gameplay impact. There's alternatives for that too, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, good luck with your with your, uh, your idea. Please send us pictures. Whatever you decide to do, send us some pictures of your finished product. We'll be happy to take a look at them and and let you know what we think. It'll probably help us in a future episode come back and loop back to this topic. So, thank you, Jonathan. The cheese curd. It was, it was so <laughs> cheesy. I feel it it's in my teeth. It's so easy being cheesy. Okay, so um, next up. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about our gaming spotlight. Ugh.
2: So, so (laughs) I I, I know that Cozy's gonna try and sell you on this. Try to sell me on it, and then uh, Brian try and sell me off it. Ready? (laughs) Uh, you guys can do whatever you want. Okay,
1: know. so you don't. Yeah, you don't. I'm interested to hear
0: why you like it so much. What game are we talking about? Yeah, here?
1: this is. We can already tell what your opinion is. We can already tell what my opinion <laughs> is. So the game is. This is a little, uh, probably ten or fifteen dollar uh, game. It comes in a small box. It's just called a card Hanabi. Game. Just yep. It's just played with cards. The game's called Hanabi. Basically, you're trying to make a fireworks display and your play, it's a cooperative game with the other players, and your goal is to make as big of a display as possible And uh, with the best result being a perfect score of 25. And essentially you do this with cards. Each, each player has a hand of cards that they cannot look at. So you have your hand of cards, but you can't see them. You're, you're Everybody else can them. see them. Everybody yep. else can see them. And other players can give you clues about your cards... Or you can, you know, when it's your turn, you can do one of three things. You can either play a card out of your hand. You can give a player a clue if there's enough time, if there's a time tick available to give them a clue, or you can discard a card. Those are your three actions you can do. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times it'll start with somebody saying, "Okay, I'll give this person a clue about what's in their hand," and then, and then that person, based on that, may or may not play a card out of their hand. There's some, some you, as a group, you can kind of just. Dis- talk
0: out your approach, but once you get going you really should minimize the table talk. I think that would definitely help improve it, and that was one of the the things that bugged me the most. It's like so hard not like the rules are so constraining like in order to do it well you need more communication but like what makes the game hard is not having that communication mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> that's and that's just like frustrating a and cooperative I guess, or a social game without communication does seem like a problem
0: yeah i think that's what bugged me about it and then in order to like really follow the rules you can hardly say anything it's almost it should be like a button you click for something <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to like give that clue or one another and then you're trying to work with other people so like i could see individually if you thought it out like willy-nilly it's like I'll i think it's a good idea to give this person a clue so that's what i'm gonna do but you feel like you're working with everybody else so you shouldn't just make your own decisions so yeah. that was kind of frustrating too so i don't know but i guess you didn't really explain like what you're at like the cards are actually there's five different colors is it
1: i think there's, I think five. there's five
0: different colors and there's yeah. numbered one through five yep and the lower numbers are uh, would be your first ones you want to get in play you're trying to get them each color out on the in the in play i guess you could just say Mm -hmm. and then you got to number them up through five and like the lower numbers are more common there's only like one of each five i think and there might be two fours and then it just kind of goes up from there there's a lot more ones so you're not like out right away and then yeah what you're trying to do is lay them down in order out of your randomly shuffled hands
1: yeah but then it's also important like sometimes too because there's only one five of each suit in in the deck and there's only two fours of each suit in the deck yep so, all of a sudden, you see somebody gets a five. Maybe you want to tell them, oh, hey, this is a five. Yep. Yeah, that I was the other thing. Off.
0: What you told them, it could only be, like, what number or, like, what color yeah, a yeah. certain group or single cards was. Yep. You would have so, to, you couldn't be, like, this is a blue five right here kind of thing. Nope.
1: You had to tell them either all of the blue all of the color cards yep. they would have in, a, in their hand, or you'd have to tell them all of the number cards. So, you could tell them, like, oh, yep. you have three ones, or you could tell them, yeah you have three blue cards, but you couldn't tell them, oh, yeah, that's a, a blue five. You couldn't uh-huh. just tell them that. That was too much clue. So you'd have to – then all of a sudden it comes as clues if, you know, like, okay, well, I don't have anything. I, I don't know what it's in my hand, so I don't have anything to play, so I'll give a clue, but the person next to me doesn't know anything about what they have <laughs> in their hand. But the person over there definitely, you know, the second person in that order, if they knew for certain that they had a blue four – and we we need to throw down a blue four uh-huh. on the on the deck. That'll definitely get us a card to play. You know, you might tell them, okay, well these are your blue cards, and hope the next person tells them <laughs> that which this one's one four. should four next, yeah, yeah, kind
0: of thing. And like the other way, I didn't know when we started that when you ran out of cards, like that's when the game was over, kind of thing. Yeah. So I didn't know that. So, but yeah. that wasn't really a big deal. Yeah, you never know, like, shuffle the deck matter. back in. Yeah
1: it's you run it once you run out of cards the game is over and then you look at there's a little table they have that tells you kind of your level of victory mm-hmm. and so i think the best that i think when i've played we've gotten to is a we really 17 in or, a or a game 19 we or something like that like, that was the
0: best they said they ever did yeah. when we played that but i think we cheated quite a bit yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> i don't know that we blatantly cheated uh, well, there was definitely some there was a lot of talk a lot of table game. talk on trying to figure out what we should do
0: yeah well, that was the first time like many of us had played it too, so that yeah provides a little more for a question there. I yeah, guess.
1: there was a little more of like trying to help people figure out how to play. But I, mm-hmm. I mean, as a game, it's as a quick filler game, and as a game that's a, a fifteen dollar little quick game that you can play yeah. in under an hour. It's a great like end of the night kind of game, a great filler game. A very I, and I enjoyed the game. It's it I, it's not what I'm like lining up like, yay, <laughs> we're gonna show up at board game day and I want to play this game. No, but if. Hey, it's getting the end of the night, and folks don't want to go home, or we finished up a game really early on like on a weekly on on your weekly gaming night. This is a great little game for kind of filling in some time before people have to take off and head home.
0: Yeah, I was so mad about it. I, I don't know. I don't really care to play it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd maybe give it another go. I was when we played, it, I was pretty frustrated from losing the previous <laughs> game already. So. Yeah. like being more frustrated with how the game was was i don't know it wasn't my favorite game i'll say that for sure maybe i can tolerate playing it but i definitely didn't care for it
1: so i mean and, and <laughs> that's that's completely valid we don't always a thumbs want to up th- and a thumbs down yeah we don't always want to bring you know separately something that <laughs> everybody is yay hey, this is the greatest thing in the world that's not what this this is about we're not we're here to tell people what the, our <laughs> honest opinions of things are Hadabi, it's definitely uh, if you're if you think your your group likes playing those memory type games, those these kind of games like this, it might be a great game for you to pick up and try out. Woo. Okay, so yeah, fight. Go ahead and talking about our main topic for today's show. We're going to go ahead and there's a couple of different things I think that facets we facets to it. Yeah, facets to this that we <laughs> want to talk about first. Just the idea of using alternate models from other manufacturers in Warhammer games. How do you think this? How do you feel about this? And why don't we start with you, Davey, and and what are your thoughts? How
0: are we approaching... Is this like a skeleton for a different skeleton?
1: Say like using a skeleton for a a mantic skeleton instead of a GW skeleton. Or perhaps using a... Yeah, uh, Kenny's dwarves are a great example sure. of them because he uses dwarves from so many uh, different ranges of manufacturers. Yeah. I just
0: wanted to clarify if we were talking about the same type yeah. of model, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yeah. that's a big, yeah. e- big e- thing to my opinion the, here. Yeah, <laughs> the equivalent of the model in the same, just different
2: range. Yeah, different alternate range. model. Well, it's, it's for me, some of my uh, Warhammer circuitry was hardwired back when, when you know they'd have. Games Workshop policy was, you know, you only use Games Workshop models. I think so that's still their policy. I'm uh, sure. Yeah, but them. I mean, <laughs> when they were running the events that you oh, might okay. conceivably go to, it's still the case. But now, yeah. so they many other don't ones. care, you know. Uh, and so, for the longest time, that was, you know, my mindset. I, I don't actually use any alternative manufacturers, although I'm not opposed to it. Uh, I think there's a lot of cool stuff out there, especially with all the Kickstarters going. Uh, and I think. I think it's cool to see some that you get some variety and I, I think you're going to see it more as pricing uh moves people to make some of those hard decisions about what they want to get for their for their gaming dollars and I don't begrudge anyone who's going to go with an alternative alternative uh manufacturer for their army. I've I've seen some cool armies to that effect. So do you guys use any yourselves or
0: um I do, well, not alternative uh, I use alternative models, I guess. Like the only thing I've really changed that i play currently would be i have the army the old army of the dead the metal ones from the lord of the rings range they're still gw but they i run them in a swarm on the 40 mil basis to be my spirit hosts because the dude in <laughs> sheet spirit hosts are like some of the stupidest things i've it ever looks seen like it's a party in the afterlife man it's uh, <laughs> so corny in the yeah. i don't know so i don't know what they're ever thinking about those i don't know how they haven't changed them yet yeah <laughs> but it's really pretty that's well. pretty corny i don't know i don't see those spirit hosts used too often from anybody no, usually I people think about <laughs> other models ethereal style yeah yeah but as far as using other models if we're talking a skeleton as a skeleton or like a goblin as a goblin kind of thing i think that's pretty cool It adds some variety and depending on different armies sometimes it can be kind of confusing if it's like a tournament or something it might kind of suck because usually you're used to like you recognize the GW models because they're so abundant
2: and that's what you're used to seeing. yeah. Yeah,
0: so if you're looking at something else, I see you can... When it's hard enough to... Like, if something's a slave, like in Skaven, if it's a slave, a clan rat, or whatever the other kind are, the... Storm vermin. Storm vermin. Okay. It's yeah. yeah. they all they
1: all look pretty much <laughs> the same. Was, so yeah, like
0: I get that a lot with my Brett knights already, and sure. like I think they look different, and that's because I know what to look for. But I can see when you're seeing them across from the table, they all just look like knights. It's yeah. like, what are you talking about? It's the cursed dwarf army. Yeah, dwarves are, are Arbor, another same thing. Knows. You can do anything. But. So, but as far as that's the only kind of thing that's a little off there. If you're seeing something that's a little different, but if it's the same type of model, that makes it pretty okay to do as far as i'm concerned
2: and I think, I think that's a good point like and i think we'll probably talk about it more if we get into uh-huh. some counts as but like you you need to give a nod to the fact that if you're using a different army you are you know possibly making a little tougher on the other guy and that's not to say you shouldn't do yep. it but just know that you're gonna run into some guys who are not sure what you got and just be prepared to you know deal with some of that yeah
0: i think that'll definitely come up later yeah. but you were kind of talking like uh, uh, now I lost my thought. Go ahead, Coonsy. I, I was I was just
1: going to add here that uh, yeah. no I lost my thought. No, I uh, I know what my thought. I got was. mine back. <laughs> good, good. No, I was going to add that you know so a lot of times, especially this is uh, impacts uh, players that are not familiar with your army or range, uh-huh. or maybe they're familiar enough with the the models. Um, say somebody, particularly like the, particularly like the dwarfs or skaven can be well there's not a lot of alternative units for skaven but dwarves definitely are one that falls into this because you end up with an army that uh so many of the units there's so little major distinction between the units that all of a sudden like picking out a warrior versus a long beard you know especially when you know they're potentially built from the same kit you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh, crud, now I really don't know what the difference is between, yeah. you know, you know, it's it's up to almost the guy's interpretation of the modeling or the difference between the, the hammers versus the long beard kit right now. Well, the models are, I mean, it's exactly the same model. I mean, what's the difference between the two figures? Well, one guy gets an axe and the other guy gets a hammer. <laughs> you know, and, and for you to, you know, be able to look at that and know the difference right away, and then you start throwing in some alternate lines in there too, and oh, you go, know, like, oh, hey, here's my alternate line of orcs with Company A, with, and these guys have a sword and board, but then here's my, they're mixed in, here's some other orcs, and these guys have what looks like a sword and a spear, but really that's my two chopper unit or something, you know, it's just... <laughs> it makes things harder you know or maybe these guys are in armor these are they are armored orcs from somebody else and now all of a sudden i'm going to use them for my black orcs okay well that that can be hard to pick out um for a new for people that are not as familiar with the game or familiar with the range to try to keep up with remembering what those
0: are Mm -hmm. i think that's going to be a big trend for like this whole topic is the level of frustration versus like how well the swap or conversion is pulled off and stuff like that i mean like i talk about it pretty often that not gaming very much it's like i see a lot of things i've never seen that before i don't even know what it is so it's kind of a level of that it just makes you uncomfortable in the game and kind of stresses your game a bit more when you're when you're uncertain about something and that just adds another level to that when you can't recognize it (laughs) yeah and and i know i talked a little bit
1: about the the world warden and having the weapon swap and, and, and doing the weapon swaps and stuff with the Privateer Press stuff before, but that, I mean that was an example of a, of a game system and a tournament system that when it first came out, they didn't allow any of that. Yeah, there was no conversion at all. While that they weren't trying to penalize people that were trying to be hobbyists, it was for that you know people going to tournaments and and going okay, now not only am I not super familiar with your stuff, but now I have to try to keep track of oh yeah that unit's actually hammers when it's you know you're not using the standard models, so I can't just quickly look at your your figure and knowing that is exactly what it is and that's exactly what it's equipped with Um, so there's that challenge when you're using alternative models that being said I am a fan of using alternative models
0: yeah I'm definitely a fan of it too I've been thinking about it like I've been looking for some alternative models too and like I think if I started a new like vc army or something like that like the mantic stuff is really cool for sometime in especially when you need this numbers <laughs> <laughs> yeah right it will be a- but, it'll be sometime after he finishes painting <laughs> the first one no i don't think i would ever really need a reason to i'm pretty happy with what i have and i think that's a big choice of like what i'm going to do for models is how happy i am with like what's provided uh, that was my thought before i like lost it there for a second was when you were talking about it's like you've just had the gw models and like had no reason to get anything else and i think that's the big thing it's like these were the ones that are here i'm willing to like get them or whatever and they work i think they're awesome they work perfectly fine for what i want the only time i've ever looked for alternative models if there's something i'm unhappy about Mm -hmm. like i one of the ones i'm looking for lately is i don't like the cryptor models at all like the new cryptors i like the idea of that type of unit and i think werewolves would be a really good stand-in for it like that's a pretty big stretch as far as what it is but I think clarifying with it the opponent right away. I, I don't think it'll don't be, be think too hard. hard. I mean, they're going to be modeled on the forty mil bases, and I, yeah, I don't think there's I think so not many
2: things. There's not other units that would right. you confuse it with. I guess there's not a lot of forty mil non flying uh-huh. units in the in the VC army, so yep. I think people people can you know follow what that is pretty. And easy. then
0: at the same time, like almost every time I put my spirit hosts on the table, like people ask what they are, <laughs> <laughs> are and like I guess it's kind of a mix. I'm not sure if they're always asking what they are because they don't know what i'm playing them as or whatever or if it's always curiosity of what models those actually are because that catches the both. eye quite a bit yeah i think it's some of both so
1: i i think it would help too if you had them painted yeah you for know, sure you Get them all painted up kind of ethereal and they're gonna be ethereal yep get you know like ghostly green or That'd whatever be a big you end change. up doing you know but. that'll help them jump out
0: i don't think it'd be hard to figure it out the second i start playing them or whatever and i always tell everybody so (laughs) i mean are three guys on like a swarm base or whatever so
1: man you don't like the blue yeah the dudes in sheets
0: like that's that's the thing it's like i couldn't stand like i don't know those are just Funny. <laughs> what you need is
1: one, spirit, you know. If you put, if you took more than one spirit host with the dudes and sheets, you'd have like the spirit host with the dudes and sheets, and then another uh, set of spirit host. Or your next spirit host would be like Scooby Doo and <laughs> and the gang. <laughs> yeah,
0: that'd work out pretty good with your Halloween pumpkin patch goblins. I yeah, think that's I, where I, those I, would fit in. I used one at
1: least <laughs> in one of the. The old skirmish movement trays for the squid when they were still I think I used that. yeah when they still saw the table not now now they now they never see the, the the light of day
0: because all my models are old i almost care to like use them but i don't know just because they would be slightly nostalgic with the corniness of the rest of my vc models in there
1: so yeah but no that definitely uh the other the other one thing that i i wanted to kind of point out here with with using alternate models is that you end up with using figures that are sometimes, or if you look at figures outside of the GW range, you're, there's a certain amount of you're not cycling that money back to Games Workshop for development of the game yeah, you're playing. Sure. And while I'm sure that you know at some level
0: they'll be okay without, they be yeah they'll <laughs> be okay.
1: It is still you know you know you it's like paying what you're playing. You know uh-huh. you pay where you play at the game store. To help support the game store that's letting you play there. Even if you even if that means, yeah, sure, I could go buy that online for and get twenty percent off or thirty percent off, I pay for the I'm paying for my gaming space, essentially. I'm paying that gaming space tax. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Or in fact, that's really what we would highly encourage everybody to do. And there's the same thing of you want to play Warhammer and you want the kind of support that you want for Warhammer, but then you don't buy the Warhammer models, mm-hmm. and we can Belly ache all day about price of GW models and 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 business practices and whatever. But at some level, if you don't buy the models for the company that you're buying, you're going to play the game for, um, and you buy other companies' models, you don't help. You're not helping the situation. Mm-hmm. You're not putting that 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 money and those resources back in the company to yeah. be able to provide that development for the game you want to play.
2: If I'm going to be devil's advocate for a minute here, though, I, I might say that. Uh, having those alternative miniature manufacturers, though, is probably doing something to drive GW to keep pushing their game up. I mean, they, they do kick out some pretty I would know, hope so. Matchers, and so they see what else is coming out. They're like, okay, we have to keep a really strong product out there to keep mm-hmm. people coming back to us, you know. For what's yeah, worth. I think there needs to be some balance to
0: it, too. Yeah. Like, I know we don't want to get on it too much, but I think some of their stuff's getting awfully expensive for, mm-hmm. like, what it is even, which is kind of a turn off. <laughs> The,
1: the fortunate thing is that when you're looking at alternative models, generally you know, when you're looking at the swaps, uh-huh. um, and you're looking at companies like Raging Heroes, or you're looking at companies like Avatars of War, or you're looking at companies um, that are doing full box unit replacements, most of them are as expensive or more expensive than what GW is putting out right, right that now. That is very true. The one exception being Mantic. <laughs> but then most people would be like, well, I'm paying not a lot for Mantic models, and, but for the most part my models are i'm getting what i pay for i'm getting a model that should be 25 percent of the cost of a gw model (laughs) i'm paying for a model that should be a buck a model not a model that is five or six or twenty dollars a model
0: i'd really like to see some balance in there i guess like something in between those two like good enough quality
2: with reasonable whatever i I guess you're uh I guess your point is that your vote, your your dollar is your vote, or your pound, or whatever. A was, little, yeah, that's you know, you know, what so, I was getting at. So, yeah, you can... But I really like playing Warhammer, I guess, yeah. so it <laughs> sucks not to want to buy their models. That's but
0: true. I guess, I don't know, it's at the point where I, I think if there was something I really wanted, I'd buy it, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, I still bought all, when I was starting to collect Empire, I bought all my stuff, brand new GW, so... It didn't affect me at all there. <laughs> yeah, there's certain armies that
1: you just you you're locked into yeah. having. Like the Skaven I'm locked into. And I did shop around for alternates. I'm like at some level I'm gonna use eight thousand clan rat models. I'm going to end up painting up and, and modeling. And I'm gonna paint up a ton of Storm Vermin and I'm you know what other alternate models are out there yeah. that I can get my hands on to maybe replace like a really bad sculpt on a, on a plague monk. Mm-hmm. And what I ultimately found out is there aren't any, <laughs> so I ended up having to look at the old out of print lines,
0: which is pretty cool too, though. I guess I don't know. I like seeing classic models around. Oh yeah, it sucks to kind of like I don't know. I always want. I wonder what happens to all those old armies. Yeah, you know, you think. Well, I mean, if one, people just have them in their basements with part of their collection, or what?
1: I think there's some, there's some of that. I think there's also uh, some of it where you know stuff gets thrown out or whatever oh. yeah terrible you know but you know they, they get it for the kids the kids move out and they leave it leave it at mom Has, mom and dad's house i know it's no worse, run into models like that at the garage, garage sales, sales. Yeah.
0: yeah and they come home what happened to my stuff yeah <laughs>
1: But the the army is just the, the scale and size of the army, like a, a warriors mm-hmm. of chaos army in fifth ed. You could drop five models on the board, and that's that was really your true, army. I guess. Yeah, you know, you think, didn't have these armies of <laughs> two hundred, three hundred models.
0: I think about it a bit more just because I have, I have like two edition old models already, <laughs> <laughs> and like what's going to happen a couple editions from now? Is it? I like I'm a, kind of like a whatever anomaly already (laughs) and how much worse is it going to get if i'm not changing my models at all
1: yeah you're almost getting to the point where your entire army is now an alternate to the current range (laughs) yeah the current range hey i'm using gw but i'm everything is now so that's oh, my that exact thought too. You know, people looking at my models and going, what are those actually supposed to be? I've never seen those figs before. I
0: wonder if the, like that'll that would actually be a thing for some of the newer people. I mean, like we all know those old ghouls, but Brian. some of those new kids, no, not i yeah. no. so You think Brian's some what kind of VC are? hipster or something. <laughs> I I sculpted these myself. Yeah. They're pretty cool. Yeah. So I'll
1: take all the credit. <laughs> But so yeah those are definitely the challenges I think that when you're looking at using uh just a one for one swap uh, of something that should look roughly this you know is roughly the same maybe the the armor detail is you feel is better or meets your aesthetic that you're yeah. trying to shoot for better um, or like in the case of the Zomblins, you're like okay I want to do uh an undead orc army now here is where you get into the uh okay i'm gonna do this army but i'm using stand-in counts as models
0: yeah that's a slippery slope if you ask me (laughs) i guess usually it is done well enough to pass it off i think this really heavily weighs out into like maybe not so much your like skill but how much effort you put into it it can weigh
2: a lot in this category i think of yeah stand-in models it's, yeah these armies could be some of the most amazing you've ever seen they can uh-huh. also be like some of the most frustrating you've ever played against when you and you just have no yeah. idea what anything is you know yeah i i've
1: i've gotten quite a bit of experience when people have heard me complain about the kid the dude that like did three dots of paint on his Orcs. on his orcs, and then called them chaos warriors and oh well I played World of Warcraft and I really like blood orcs or whatever the his story was I'm like that's cool and all but your models look like ass <laughs> you know I would to have sword slash me but but the, <laughs> you, you, it was obvious you didn't put any hobby skill into what you what you were doing and and yeah. maybe you legitimately had a cool concept going and that in in. I think he had a cool idea, Uh, it it just wasn't executed, Mm -hmm. and because it wasn't executed, it really, not, not only am I dealing with as your opponent, dealing with the frustration level of looking at poor models, but I'm also dealing as your opponent with a certain amount of frustration with, what's this unit now? Oh, that... This unit of orcs it looks pretty much just like this other unit of orcs, <laughs> you know, those are your chosen and those are your normal chaos warriors. Uh, okay, I, well, what was that again the next turn? I don't remember what that was, yeah. you know, and, and that turns into a real struggle, at least, you know, and and I've played against, to, to take that to the other side, I've played against uh, Johnny Hastings' bull Loaders,
2: Sure, great example. Um,
1: which are just, I mean, every you know, people have gotten to know Johnny. If you don't, you can go listen to Point Hammer. You can, I, I'm sure he's, uh, got links to pictures of his bull army out there oh yeah his, his but they're essentially they're all minotaur models
0: um but he's using them with the ogre kingdom's rules and but they're all modeled like that i mean he didn't yeah. just take like the gw minotaur and
1: no he reposed re-sculpted gw minotaur
0: yeah so many of them are like
2: custom sculpt like beyond reason <laughs> yeah. there's also no question about what you're what you're facing like oh this guy's yeah. got a great weapon he's an iron guy okay, yeah he I took tons it. of yeah. concern like his, into his that ra- his uh
1: his uh bull- his uh mournfang though are chariots uh-huh Our razor chariots with minotaur crewing them sure so there's like i remember the first time i played against that I was like, you know, two or three times into it. I'm like, okay, these are, you know, my head thought, hey, these are beastmen. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, surprise, they're Mornfang. I'm like, oh, that's not a surprise you want to go into when you're like, okay, this is a unit of like three chariots. Oh, wait, it's Mornfang.
0: I haven't faced these armies very much, which would help my opinion quite a bit. And then I also thought when you were talking about, uh, as far as what you're like your frustration where your frustration is directed about your confusion could play a lot like i mean if you're frustrated because you can't tell the difference and these are like the gw models it's going to be like oh well that's what they're supposed to be so it's like i guess i got to deal with it kind of thing yeah, but if right. they are these standard ones and the only reason there is that frustration is because this dude decided to do that and like it's just impossible for you to tell the difference or yeah, <laughs> it's going to yeah. be like kind of I don't know. i think you could just weigh in on the sportsmanship of your opponent and kind of think they're a jerk a little more (laughs) i I guess and
2: yeah i mean i think it's just sort of a a, on the person who's making this army like you you've got this awesome idea nobody embarks on an army especially it counts as army you know just as a oh i guess i'm gonna do this like they even (laughs) even your example of the guy who likes his world of warcraft blood orcs or whatever you know he probably in his head that's a pretty cool idea whatever whatever the case may be but you you have to recognize that the person across the table really has to understand what's going on how come things, so that to, dude couldn't just play an orc army well exactly that's a good point <laughs> but, i
0: mean you, he didn't you know, feel you
1: know, yeah. the orc rules were supportive, and I don't know if that was the case. Deal with it, you know. I, you know, looking at this hobbying I'm like, I don't know if that's the case with you, dude, or if you're, you're just full of cheese. You're just wanting because <laughs> back then you could buy you bought a box of orcs and you got 19 models for you know box versus you buy chaos warriors you get 12 models in a box. You know how much of that's coming into play when you don't execute it well. Like when you execute, when you put a ton of passion and and maybe and maybe it was the case that this was. All the effort that he could yeah. muster—that this was his skill set—and if it was, I feel sorry for you. But <laughs> hit me up for some hobby tips. I'll—I'll I'll show you how to paint. Okay.
0: Maybe I'll have some new pictures of some blood orcs in here about you bad mouth <laughs> them. But, yeah. here's uh, what they look like now. If he hasn't, jerk, if he hasn't done it, Demon Winter Blood Orc. <laughs> oh, <right.
2: laughs> if he
1: hasn't done it in two years, it ain't gonna happen now. Um, but uh, there's there's some things that are just if you when you put. The you know the effort into it the uh, the concept idea mm-hmm. like um you know when you when you go to that level and you go to, you know and, and using Hastings as an example here is kind of the extreme of it but to take it to maybe a lesser example you look at my Skaven army and I'm using Noblars for slaves you know the Noblar blocks uh I'm trying to model it in such a way that you can still tell that it's a Skaven-y thing so there's a reason there's like Scaven with Packmasters in the units that are whipping and you know at the at the Noblars. But the reason I did it is to help avoid that confusion because yeah, I've right. played against Skaven Army so often, <laughs> where they're using slaves and the there's, 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 there's the Clan Rat slave, the Clan Rat kit is also the slave kit, and so they'll just use normal Clan Rats. You know, and you can't tell the difference. You're like, oh, is that unit slaves or is that clan rats? Oh, well, there's this big block and this big block here, and you have to look at it and go, okay, well, usually it's the bigger blocks are the slaves, <laughs> um, but it can really be confusing. And so I'm like, okay, I'm I don't want that to be my, be the experience for my opponents. I want it to be the experience for my opponents. I want it to be is that they can look at my my units and go, okay, not only is that unit have different colors because they got the green the green skin on the models but it's different physical models too. So yes, that definitively is my slave unit because you're right, the Skaven units, it's so hard to tell the difference between the slaves, clan rats, storm vermin. All those kits all look pretty (laughs) much the same. And so there's there's another opportunity for where you can find ways to use sometimes those counts as models to help clean up that um, confusion of what is something on the table
2: i tell you another army that could use that is the uh, orcs and goblins. The uh, biggins versus normal orcs, like there is no distinction right now. It'd I was just cool. thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, there's absolutely no difference if in the model. If you could find yourself that. an alternate sculpt that could, you know, you know what I mean, like some bulky dude or more savage-looking guy or something like that, <laughs> and it might that might be. that's that's. So you've got an example here of of uh, accounts as it's actually improving the problem of telling the difference of things. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: yeah maybe you're using... For your normal orcs, you're using maybe Mantix orcs with GW orc heads or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because those are, you know, Mantic orcs are smaller. And then all of a sudden you need your big ones, so you use the GW orc models. Maybe there's an idea. Or, yeah, you're definitely right. There's something that you could do to, to help make that distinguishment between the other models. Now the other the other thing that I I think is really cool with using alternate models is that you then open up your creativity or the alternate models when you're doing counts as your creativity that you can turn an army from yes I'm working something in the Warhammer world to something that is really your own little unique thing in the Warhammer world uh, you can go. Okay, this is my undead orc army. And they. Because why wouldn't there be undead orcs? They raise zombies out of all sorts of things. It's not just men and humans that get raised, right? But all the zombie
0: models are humans. I think those offer some confusion, though, when. Like, there's an orc army and there's an undead army. It's like, well, which one am I facing right now? Because you could have somebody playing undead orcs and actually still play them as orcs just because i don't know <laughs> it gets kind of weird that way
2: yeah i think that though kind of gets cleared up early on when they say you know, i suppose okay, I'm putting this you know you usually it's not a big deal switch. yeah but let's even i mean
0: hastings minotaur are so like over the top but i don't think you could feel an all minotaur beastman army i guess but <laughs> no but, but it, it certainly started the project started because he had a
1: lot of minotaur that he painted up for his beastman yeah that because of rules or whatever, (laughs) and he really liked the Minotaur models, he couldn't he didn't feel worked well in his Minotaur Uh army, so he or in his Beastman army, so he then looked for a reason to continue using all of the models he owned and went, Oh hey, I own a bunch, I can get a few more and I can make them ogres. And so now he's got models he swaps both both ways, haha. But uh
2: (laughs) Well the the previous Beastman book lets you do an all minotaur army like you could make minotaur core i think by putting but like, a doom bull yeah. in
0: and like how good of a list though that was well, I mean, <laughs> whether I mean, or not it was good you could yeah, do it terrible and, and uh like this next book i think made that impossible that's another thing that stresses it too like the kind of like well this army is really good and like just getting whatever else to play that army and yeah you, is you might put a sour too. taste in someone's mouth yeah you, yeah because like, like i seem to like i feel like Maybe it's a way to get away from the fact that so many people are playing an army. Like, I think ogres are, like, super popular right now. And a lot of the kind of counts as conversions and stuff happen to deal with ogres. And I don't get that, because everybody wants to be on the bandwagon but not be on the bandwagon (laughs) kind of thing.
2: Or if, like, it's i it because think it's, they want that differentiation or what yeah I well I, I think so it is if you're playing an army that you know is popular you, you're trying to figure out how to do your own take Make on it, it. Stand so that, may, that may drive people that way that's uh, a
0: a curious thing like i i don't know i guess it's well credited but the fact that these heavily converted armies are usually the ones that would win an appearance award or something like that like could a is it going to depend on the range that's at the tournament could like a stock gw model army win like best appearance i think it depends but yeah like you take that as a
1: and as an example people were when we think about adepticon last year the talk of adepticon from the warhammer fantasy side and this is both from the team tournament the other supporting tournaments and then the the final champion champions but the army that everybody still talks about today is the minion army
0: that one kind of irritated me <laughs> yeah
1: well i mean the minions were really cool i'm not gonna i'm not i mean it was a really yeah. cool concept army but trying to and they went out of their way to try to help people understand what the models were a what little, the yeah. units were they had like little unit labels they had diagrams they gave their <laughs> opponents and all sorts of stuff to go out of their way to help their opponents yeah. understand I just, what they were playing
0: i think it bugs me because it seems like beyond the extreme i guess
1: but that was like, why I could see it
0: as a 40k army before I could see it as a fantasy army.
1: That, that's also, but that's also why, why it's gotten as much recognition and talked about because it was so much <laughs> over the top of what I really like the minions too.
0: So it's kind of weird that I'm so like blah about it. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that's dumb. <laughs> and then the fact that it was in the Teen Terminate thing, so it's like all these minions that are the same are counting as as chaos dwarves and like Skaven, Skaven or yeah. whatever. I no. thought it was kind of corny, too, because it could be, like, this, I don't know, it'd be just as hard you, you, as, like, having just, an all-Skaven army that was representative of Chaos, dwarves, and whatever. Yeah, I mean, you, like, you essentially,
1: yeah, you essentially, once you build it, you're like, okay, well, I can pretty much do whatever I want with these models. Yeah. Uh, which is...
0: That was just pushing the boundary of yeah, whatever. Cheese, to but, me, a bit.
1: <laughs> but like, there's no like you. you there's lots of options. Like, it's something that's been running through my head for doing for a Warhammer army is I'm a huge Dragonlance fan. I love Dragonlance, and I want to do a demon army. One of the things, one of my thoughts for a demon army is to do. You know, they have the the Dragonlance characters go to the abyss. There's Takhisis and her minions. And I would love to be able to bring that and put that on a table at the tabletop where I could have like my greater demon would be a five headed dragon, yeah, and uh, (laughs) you know I'd have like you know these little eyeball demons and whatever that I could have as maybe furies and you know various counts as where it's clearly a demonic and evil army, but not but definitely not something that you would ever ever see right out of straight up you know Warhammer tables, and I think that would, you know, when I think demons and stuff like that, that's the kind of stuff that comes to me. I, I was a role player, you know, long before I ever played Warhammer, and to be able to re- bring that role player experience from those, my you know, my role-playing experiences to the tabletop is part of what brought me into Warhammer, you know, why there's the Dugan Bridex, because he was an old uh, Dungeons & Dragons role-play character <laughs> that then, as he advanced his career it was the next logical step that he would amass his army. And so I just brought it right into tabletop gaming. And that was, that's been my experience. And I, I try to do that. And so much around all my armies and be able to do that with with that demons and doing accounts as gives me that opportunity. Now I'm not saying that there aren't challenges, but it gives you so many cool Mm -hmm. opportunities to do something. So I definitely like to encourage people to do these really cool hobby projects and do something like this. But when you do it, you
0: need to execute it. Do you think that's what it takes to stand out, then? I guess, I don't know if you gave me a good answer to my yeah, question. You, you need, like,
1: yeah, I think you need to do something.
2: Are you asking, do you have to do counts as? Like,
0: well, is it those only heavily converted armies
2: that are going to be taking home the appearance I thing? don't think every model in the army has to be converted. I think it helps to have a converted centerpiece, yeah. but I know I was hearing about the, uh, I wish I could remember, I think it might have been the UK throne of skulls last year or something. It might have, best paint might have gone to, like, Tomb King army that was just beautifully painted but wasn't wasn't heavily converted. And uh-huh. I, I probably have the tournament wrong, so I apologize to anyone who cares about that. But uh, one of these tournaments, uh, there was some discussion about that. So there's possibility if you've painted it well enough uh, and tied it well enough together that you don't have to have... You know, massive conversions. But I do think that you may not need to convert every model. But I think having something to catch people's eyes is going to be what was going to pull you people in for a player's choice or for a best painted.
0: That makes sense, I guess.
2: Although that it's going to depend on the judges. You know, if the judges are are saying that here's our criteria for best painted, if they don't have a conversion criteria on there, then yeah, that's you know, true. The judges. But I think more so. It's a the, pretty common thing. Yeah, exactly. It's common that it's on there, and then players, especially in the in the player's choice voting they tend to they tend to be drawn to you know the more spectacular the showy uh conversions that they haven't seen before for that makes sense
1: yeah no i mean i think there's uh you can definitely go with models that are closer to stock like if you look at people may or may not be familiar with it but uh james Wapples, tomb kings a lot of that isn't like over the top converted there's some there's some stuff that he's doing that's really brilliant like the horse armor and stuff like that that he's done that's conversions but like you look at his uh uh uh, casket of souls that's pretty much straight up the stock gw figure for that that kit there's not a lot of anything extra or out of the way converted on that model it's just brilliant painting and when i've seen this army in person at adepticon and it's just really over the top brilliantly painted and looks great you, so you don't have to necessarily take your entire army to that conversion extreme but it definitely when you're looking at players choice votes that's what catches people's eyes i, I think people like I mean, as an example you think about uh, paul spider army and he took that to paca he knows he's a long ways from having it painted where he where he wants it finished uh-huh. you know he's still putting the base coats and getting the working up the highlights slowly and getting the modeling was so out there it was so much different than what anybody had seen that that brought a lot of additional comments and and compliments that he got while he was at that event that you you wouldn't have got if I, if he would have just showed up with a, a normal orcs and goblins army nobody probably would you know with stock models nobody probably would have given him all those compliments and uh, even if it was painted at his you know best level of being able to paint something. Hmm. So yeah, it's definitely about catching the eye. Everything, and I, had, and I had a conversation, this isn't necessarily related to this, but I had a conversation with Dustin, everybody who's familiar with Dustin, it's he's been, been on, on the show, show before, and we were talking about his choice of wing way he paints things, because he had, had that Skaven gutter runner that he put together for Mordheim, and we are talking about how he painted it. And it's a brilliant conversion he's done. But it's he's painted it very dark, and Mm -hmm. yes, in reality, this guy is going to be. You know, if (laughs) if if, if Warhammer went to war, Warhammer guys aren't wearing, except for maybe the Empire, because they fight kind (laughs) of bad. But you know, if you're a dwarf or you're a or you're a Skaven or you're a uh, orc, you're not wearing brilliant reds and yellows and and such to war. You're. You're going to mute. You're gonna wear muted tones. There's a reason why
0: army guys wear camouflage and wear non-reflective cloth. That's a pretty modern thing, though. Yeah, it is. It's. I know. mean, for regular field armies, it exactly. was pretty yeah. regular to have extravagant, weird. But it yeah, wasn't it's a, like a 20th century <laughs> development. Really. But it
1: wasn't. Uh, yeah, but it wasn't. If you look, go look back to Middle Age warfare, you know, unless well, you were a huge, like, you were the biggest, baddest army out there. Yeah. Like, unless you were the Romans.
0: <laughs> that's just a resources thing but if you look at like
1: moment. greek soldiers they weren't you know it wasn't uh, unless it was the Spartans like the Spartans wore reds uh-huh. but normal greek soldiers wore browns and and they yeah. did not wear brilliant colors they did not it wasn't until you had like, okay, you are the baddest of the bad, you're the awesomeness troops on the field. Like That's the when you wore the stand you knew, you Yeah. Know. That's you wore those colors because that would strike fear in your opponent. Well, that means that your whole army doesn't turn out unless your whole army is Spartans. You yeah. don't turn out in bright, brilliant colors. Yeah. If you're just a bunch of dwarf clansmen, you're not showing up to the battlefield in brilliant reds because that you know your feared reputation no you're a bunch of joe blows that just got together to go fight a battle you know your normal jobs working at the forge you're not showing up to the battle with brilliant uniformed colors but that's something mm-hmm. that comes to every warhammer army is always these unique bright colored armies
0: i think that's just a thing for catching that i mean you talked about it a lot when you're thinking of well just doing your tomb kings was having them be that bright standout. I mean, yeah. even just ha- highlighting up like really brightly and stuff like that, like really bright stuff is really what's catching the eye. He, yes, you jumps
1: off the table. You've got to, yeah. you know. There's such at the competitive level, there's such great appearance out there and painted armies out there that you have to, you have to almost make your army jump off the table mm-hmm. and, and to catch people's eyes. And that's where getting the the tons of conversions in it, making it look different, so much different than stock. Because I can tell you, like, my stock Dark Elves are painted pretty well. Uh Uh-huh. I never get anything. I never get... Nobody stops and takes a double look at my army almost ever.
0: There's nothing wrong with that, right? (laughs) Uh, at some level, it does bother me a little bit. But, I mean, at the the same time, like... Is it a difference for the recognition you want, I guess? Yeah, I
1: mean, at the same time, it makes me happy. I'm happy with my Dark Elves. Mm -hmm. I like the way the models look. Uh, if I had the dark, if I was going to just restart the dark elf army today, I sure the heck wouldn't uh, do what I did in the past. But at the time when I put together the army, uh, what I was doing was brilliant and, and yeah. ahead of the game. I remember that's that we you kind of talk about these things. You, you go back to basing models, I and mean, the first time I put the dark elves on the table, I had this shadow gray base with stone, you know, some sand glued on the base and and uh, a brown sand flock. And a couple of maybe larger stones, a couple of different grains of sand, or 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 ballast in the in the base to give it a couple of different textures. And uh-huh. nobody—I mean, that was back when—if you put two different types of flock on your base, <laughs> you were going above and beyond the level. And people, you know, people just gravitated to that and yeah. and asked me like the best compliment ever was when like I remember Joe Rogers asked me how did I do that, and I was like, "Here's a guy that's a figurehead in our gaming community." <laughs> even back then and it was like that was really cool that he was asking me about how i did that and i gave him now he's went on (laughs) to do great greater things with with hobby than i've dreamed about but
0: so it's almost more just like an evolution of the hobby kind of thing Mm -hmm. like everybody's gonna try and always make it bigger and better and it's just as time progresses that's just getting bigger and better (laughs) it
1: it is and and i think that some of that too goes to the there's more of it out there there's more of it available and the tools that are out there are now you know, like I can go to the the store and get you know there are tons of products on the shelf that I can pick up to like no, there, there were no little tufts for bases. <laughs> there you know, the models were, you know, and trying to hack apart metal models wasn't yeah. something you could do, really. So these options just weren't out there. And the miniatures rangers, there's more alternate miniatures companies out there than ever was, you know. like or even just
0: having multi-pose models and stuff like oh, that yeah. <laughs> from the static.
1: So there's just so much of that. So it does definitely change things up.
0: I think that was a big question for me just based on, like, I'm painting my, like, Ghouls at the moment, and just my VC in general, are to like a happy tabletop standard for as far as I'm concerned, but they're like never really going to catch any uh, big points okay, at a tournament yeah. kind of thing.
2: I mean, you don't <laughs> need to, though. I mean, yeah. I know yeah. that I'm not that's not what I'm going for uh-huh. with mine. I'm going for the best that I can manage. And beat. you know, for the bulk of the people at a given tournament, they're looking yeah. to you can get 90% of your painting points, you know, without. Being so showy sure. that you're you're getting best game or maybe game best army votes. Yeah. Usually,
0: I don't even really care about tournaments either. So that's just kind of a weird thought. Sure, but I'm pretty sure I won't ever be like that. Looks like crap <laughs> from like my opponents. Like <laughs> no, uh, I don't uh, think I'll ever get that. Um,
1: I've played against a lot of a lot of the tournament field uh that i've played against you know and i i'm pretty good at surfing the mid to bottom tables and uh you know what you what you've done brian looks as good if not better than than what i tend typically play against so <laughs> so it's not you don't have anything to worry about there yeah now i i do say that i, I think we've we've pretty much beaten this i don't know if we've beaten it to death but it's definitely, probably hopefully, around the block given people some ideas <laughs> about guess. well is it okay to do this you know what are my options? What do I need to look out for? And in uh, and just general thoughts on it. So I appreciate guys the time of the conversation here. Let's go ahead and move into wrapping this thing up. Then uh, we've talked a lot about today alternate models, alternate you know alternate models not only for just complete model swaps, but also as counts as models. Um, given some examples, I've seen some great examples here in the Midwest scene of. Of examples of where those have been used. We've talked a, a little bit about the, the game Hanabi and, <laughs> and what our thoughts <laughs> were that and, and what our, our thoughts against that might have been. We had a great cheese curd. I was awesome to Yay, hear from Jonathan. And hope to hear from some more of you guys as we move down the road in future episodes. You can always email in your cheese curd questions at thecheesecurd at com. You can see the Link for that is in every episode show notes. Uh, Anything else you guys wanted to bring up here? I don't think so. Final thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I got something to add. I got something to add. What? What did you ask me about? I thought about alternate models, Cody. Yeah, come on, man. What's going on here? You keep cutting me out of the show. This is not cool. I'm not happy with you. I'm not happy with all you guys. I. I think alternate models are the best, especially when you can find them for so much less money than the GW ones. Then I can have more armies and more models, and who cares about how well I paint them? Because it's all about getting games in and playing. That's what it should be about. So you guys, oh, I had it wrong. <laughs> you should ask
0: me, because I am the greatest Warhammer player in the world. Yes, yes, I am the master.
1: <laughs>
2: no, you can. Check these guys out on all kinds of social media. Wisco Dice and search for that on Twitter. I know we follow you on Twitter uh, under that and Facebook and all that sort of thing. Yeah,
1: so. yeah, it definitely catches up on the on the various social media places. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Google Plus. We try to try to do a halfway decent job of keeping folks updated on more than just uh, when the episodes go out. Make sure you check out our website. It's definitely went under went a refit and I think it's been successful now and we're trying to put up some more blog posts and, and keep things entertaining there to give you a reason, uh, just a little bit more reason to interact with the folks and and hopefully here we'll get some more people signed up to do some more blog posts here locally out of the Madison community and see if we can get some more and more growth out of the blog and, and more interesting topics and diverse diverse topics too because we love talking about all sorts of stuff whether it's board games or Warhammer all right thanks folks for listening thanks everybody for stepping in the studio appreciate it yeah thanks peace out
0: Later. kickers a